Hi everyone, welcome to the Culture Shapers podcast, the podcast where we showcase great workplace cultures. I'm Vanessa O'Shea and I'm going to be interviewing the leaders responsible for those cultures and asking them to explain how they've done it. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to this introduction to a series of podcasts where we will be exploring workplace culture, what it actually is, and how we can shape one that works for us and our businesses. I'm Vanessa O'Shea, and I'm inviting you to join me as I seek to examine, break down, and demystify that sometimes nebulous concept of workplace culture, with a view to presenting ways to create energizing and empowering workplaces. In order to do this, I'm going to be interviewing some leaders of organizations ranging from a PR company, a tech company, and a local sports charity who are nurturing Olympic record holders. They've all won awards for how they run their companies, and despite the diversity of what they do, they have some things in common. They've all grasped that key to their success, however differently they define it, is the importance of creating a workplace culture in which they work hard to value their staff. In these podcasts, We're going to be finding out how their culture is tangibly demonstrated, what they've done to create it, and how it is impacting on their success. Companies need to succeed in what they've been created to do, and growth, restructure, changes in leadership and direction and so on can all be part of the life cycle of a company. However, these changes can hugely impact on on the staff teams within those organisations. And in my 25 years of working with people in the field of HR, I became convinced that many issues that I was getting brought in to deal with, such as low performance, recurring absence, personality clashes, even workplace stress, are often symptoms of a more fundamental problem. Unspoken rules, ways of doing things, traditions, taboo subjects, they become embedded into the organisation over the years, so much so that they form part of the organisation's identity. And if you add to that particular qualities or lack of in management, well, these can impact hugely on morale, happiness, motivation, performance of staff. A few years ago, I set about finding a tool that would help businesses to bridge the gap between making a success of your business and truly valuing your staff. But I couldn't find one. So I designed one myself, I trialled it, and I wrote a book about it. If you're interested, the book is called Shaping Your Workplace Culture, and it was published in December 2018. So we can give structure to these podcasts. In each one, I will be taking a theme from each of the four parts of my culture shape model. They will help you progress through the model if that's what you want. I am aware that my material has been created from my observations in my workplaces, and that there are many more ways of creating a good workplace culture. My aim is to create a conversation around culture, bringing together different experiences and ways of doing things. We can learn, be inspired, and take something away into our own workplaces or spheres. Organisations or teams are created with a task in mind. You've got an idea for a great new product or a service for which there's a gap. There's a mission or a vision or a purpose, something you need to do. Our first podcast will be focusing on the first part of my culture shape model, how you identify your mission, how you put a stake in the ground, something to aim for. 
And I would be talking to a leader in the business world and asking them how they've come to decide what their mission or vision or purpose is. I'll be asking them how they communicate their mission to their teams and organisations and how they ensure that their people know the part they play in the mission being accomplished. In all of the four podcasts, I will be asking leaders for tips on the topic, their learning points, what mistakes they've made, and how their culture has shown up in good and challenging times. The second podcast, we will be looking at the principles that underpin everything we do, our values. These are important because they determine how we make decisions, how we do our work, how we take any kind of action. Having a few set out will enable everyone to filter what they do through the same principles. We will be asking our interviewee how they chose their values, how they knew that they were the right ones, how they involved their staff in identifying them, and how they linked to their mission. The third podcast will cover how those values are embedded into the fabric of the organisation. Because it's one thing to say we value our staff or we value innovation, and quite another if that isn't the experience of staff or customers, that the experience is more like you don't feel valued or ideas really aren't taken forward. Because that's where real problems can occur. So I'll be asking a third leader who I think has found innovative and effective ways of ensuring that they walk the talk to explain what kind of things they do, how that impacts on staff behaviour and to what extent that has impacted on their success. So here's a question. Have you ever left a job or heard of someone leaving a job because of their manager? They were too controlling, they procrastinated on decisions, or they took no interest in your development, or maybe they were just really negative all the time. The fourth podcast is specifically around how you train your managers in those qualities needed to create a healthy culture. Then I will be asking this leader which qualities are key for their company to have the culture at once and how they've gone about developing those qualities in their team. So those four podcasts will cover the main themes in my book, but there will be a fifth podcast in which I will be interviewing someone who is a brand new startup, who is taking my book from the beginning stages of creating her business so she can create a good culture from the outset. These podcasts are for you if you're interested in working in and creating a good workplace culture. My interviewees are real people being authentic and real and they're leaders and companies who are working hard to create cultures in which their staff will feel valued. The podcast can be found on iTunes and via the link on my website, www.cultureshapers.co.uk, and they'll be due out sometime in April. If you want to make sure you have up-to-date information on the release of these podcasts, I'll post this on my website, but you can also sign up to my newsletter via the link on my website where I'll post this news first. Finally, if you want to sponsor one or more of these podcasts and you're a values-based organisation, then get in touch by emailing me on info at cultureshapers.co.uk. People want to be valued at work. They want to be known for their talents, skills and aspirations and businesses need to succeed in what they are set up to do. I'm Vanessa O'Shea and I'm on a mission to bridge that gap. Workplace culture? I'm coming to get you. Welcome everyone to this introduction to a series of podcasts where we will be exploring workplace culture, what it is, and how we can shape one that works for us and our businesses.
I'm Vanessa O'Shea and I'm inviting you to join me as I seek to examine, break down and demystify that slightly nebulous concept of workplace culture with a view to presenting ways to create energising and empowering workplaces. In order to do this, I'm going to be interviewing some leaders of organisations ranging from a digital marketing company to a sports charity who are nurturing Olympic record holders. They've all won awards for how they run their companies and despite the diversity of what they do, they have some things in common. They have grasped that key to their success, however differently they define it, is the importance of creating a workplace culture in which they work hard to value their staff. In these podcasts, we're going to be finding out how their culture is tangibly demonstrated, what they have done to create it and how it's impacting on their success. In my 25 years of working with people in the field of HR, I became convinced that many issues that HR got brought in to deal with, such as low performance, recurring absence, personality clashes, even workplace stress, are often symptoms of a more fundamental problem. Companies need to succeed in what they've been created to do and growth, restructure, changes in leadership and direction can all be part of a life cycle of a company. However, if we don't intentionally consider our staff at these times, they can have a significant impact on morale, happiness and the motivation of staff. So a few years ago, I set about finding a tool that would help businesses to bridge the gap between making it a success of the business and truly valuing staff. But I couldn't find one, so I designed one myself, trialled it, and ended up writing a book about it. If you're interested, it's called Shaping Your Workplace Culture, and it was published in December 2018. With that in mind, I will be taking a theme from each of the four parts of my culture shape model outlined in my book. This will bring some structure and enable you to progress through the model if that's what you want. In all of the four podcasts, I will be asking my interviewees for tips on the, on the topic and their learning points and how culture, their culture has shown up in the good times and the challenging times. Organisations or teams are created with a task in mind. You've got an idea for a great new product or a service for which there's the gap. There's a mission, a vision, something you need to do. Our first podcast will be focusing on the first part of my model. How do you identify your mission? And I will be take, talking to a leader in the business world and asking them how they've come to decide what their mission is. And I'll be asking them how they communicate their mission to their teams and organisations and how they ensure that their people know the part they play in the mission being accomplished. The second podcast will be looking at the principles that underpin everything we do, our values. Now these are important because they determine how we make decisions, how we communicate, how we approach our work, in fact take any kind of action. Having some set out will enable everyone to filter what they do through the same principles. So we will be asking our interviewee how they chose their values, how did they know they were the right ones, how they involved their staff in identifying them, and what they did when people are resistant to demonstrating their values. The third podcast will cover how these values are embedded into the fabric of the organisation. Because it's one thing to say we value our staff or we value innovation, 
and quite another if that isn't the experience of staff or customers. If we don't feel valued or ideas aren't taken forward, in fact that's where real problems can occur. So I will be asking our third leader, who has, a found effective, who has found effective ways of ensuring that they walk the talk, to explain what kind of things they do, how that impacts on their staff behaviour, and to what extent this has impacted on their success. Here's a question. Have you or someone you know ever left a job because of your manager? Whether if they were too controlling or they procrastinated on decisions or they took no interest in your development? The fourth podcast is specifically around how to train your managers in those qualities needed to create a healthy culture in which people want to carry on working for you. And I will be asking this leader which qualities are key for their company to have the culture it wants and how they've gone about developing these in their leadership team. Those will cover the four main themes in the book, but there will be a fifth podcast in which I'll be interviewing someone who is a brand new startup, who is taking my book from the beginning stages of creating her business so she can create a good culture from the outset. Obviously, my material has been created from my observations, the places I've worked, so I realise that there are many more ways of creating a good workplace culture. And my aim with these podcasts is to create a conversation around culture, bringing together different experiences and ways of doing things so that we can learn, be inspired and take something away into our own workplaces or spheres. My interviews are real people, they're being authentic and honest and they're working hard to create cultures in which their staff will feel valued. These podcasts will, uh, can be found on iTunes and via the link on my website, www.cultureshapers.co.uk, in mid-April. If you want to make sure you have up-to-date information, sign up to my newsletter via the link on my website. Finally, if you want to sponsor one or more of these podcasts, then get in touch by emailing me on info at cultureshapers.co.uk. People want to be valued at work, to be known for their talents, their skills and their aspirations. And businesses need to succeed in what they're set up to do. I'm Vanessa O'Shea and I'm on a mission to bridge that gap. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome, Tim. Hi, Vanessa. Hi. So Thanks I'm, for having me today. Sorry, oh, I'm delighted that you can join us. It's great to have you um, to be able to interview. I've wanted to talk to you for a little while. So today we're talking to Tim Holton, who's the founder and director of Brighton Table Tennis Club. Um, and Tim is a former secondary school teacher. He grew up in London and moved to Brighton for university. And this wonderful town is <coughs> settled. And Tim has a 15-month-old daughter, Heidi, so you're a new dad. So Tim, welcome. Thank um, you. Tim, can you tell me about a bit about Brighton Table Tennis Club, a bit about the history and at what mm. point you got involved and why? Yeah, so the Table Tennis Club uh, was started by myself, and Harry McCarney and Wen Weizhou in February 2007. And we'd met just playing table tennis at a, a kind of open practice night at the university. And um, there wasn't really any provision for, for local kids. And we'd all played at, you know, at a decent level in China. And, and, and Harry was from Brighton originally, and I was in London. And uh, the tennis could uh, 
you know be of benefit to to, to children you know our extracurricular activities and like the focus and the structure and the, yes. all the stuff that comes with it so we started in the Brighton Youth Centre just one evening a week um, two broken tables in the Brighton Youth Centre and then um, 12 years later um, yeah we've just got sessions for lots and lots of different groups and we're looked at as a kind of um, good practice in terms of community integration social cohesion within the sporting world but also across outside of the sporting world as well because there's friendships and relationships between people that wouldn't otherwise have met I think old people and young people and people from different cultures and countries and the table tennis is the reason that they all come to the club and the friendships that are made at the club transcend the door and the, the benefits kind of spill out into the rest of Brighton yeah that I it sounds amazing. Can you tell us a bit about the sort of people that come to the club? Uh, so we started primarily not, not, not um, you know, only looking for those kids, but we started and the, the local kids that used to come to the youth centre were, you know, disenfranchised white British kids from, mm. you know, Pankhurst and East Brighton. And, um, you know they're quite. I think they're quite hard to reach, and they're quite marginalised. And then, because we've got that history of the club working with the local community and working with the local kids that didn't have the same opportunities as, as um, as as others, I think we're kind of quite well rooted in in the local community. Um, after three years, we started working with the virtual school for children in care, so children that are in foster care, and getting referrals from social workers and foster carers and. Um, and, and those routes and then uh, started doing sessions for adults with learning disabilities over 50s um, through the referral networks for looked after children we got our first unaccompanied minor as an asylum seeker so now we've become or we became three years ago the first sports club of sanctuary for our work with refugees and asylum seekers so there's um you know, there's sessions for lots and lots of different groups, but I think the main thing, and increasingly we are um, finding, is that when people come here, once they integrate, they don't want to be, you know, the ex-homeless person or the ex-prisoner or the, mm. the, the refugee. They, they just want to be their, them. They just want to be a person. Mm. They want to be a, a table tennis player or a coach. As soon as they can help, then they can become a coach. And it's kind right. of like, you know, you, you leave that identity at the at the door and you come in and you're just part of a club so part of the table tennis club does that, yeah. that make sense yeah definitely and it kind of leads nicely into my next question because mm. um you know as we're looking we're going through the four quartiles of my culture shape model mm. and today we're looking at the second one which is values and i've asked you to talk about this topic because i know that your values are, are very important and yeah. um so can you tell me what they are and yeah why they're important and and how you came to to choose what they were yeah well i remember i remember sitting outside the front of our new well it's, we've been here for four years nearly but when we first moved into our new full-time venue in Kemptown, which is which was an old derelict um primary school that was next to the catholic church i just remember sitting outside in the summer sitting outside the front with um with harry who's one founder with me and um yeah we we we, we talked about the ideas of community, solidarity, respect, and competition, 
and uh, and a few other words, but they were the four that we ended up going with. And um, mm. yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing what kind of um, what impact they've had and how they've shaped what the club does and how we um, how we what we the decisions we've made over the last few years have been based a lot around those values. Um, I mean, community. You know, there's just a real sense of community at the table tennis club. You make if you make someone feel like they belong and they're mm. welcome, and then you give them a sense of um, making a positive contribution. That is what uh, an academic at Brighton University recently told me. It's that's how you build a resilient community. So it's not just about providing a place to come and feel like people belong, but then if, as soon as you can get them making a positive, visible contribution. So we've got coaches here that got the first three table tennis coaches in the world with Down syndrome. And they're here, you know, three or four days a week, training, helping out, coaching. And, um, you know, they're real role models for, and ambassadors for, for, for other younger children with Down syndrome, but also just for everyone else who's at the club who sees them and, you know, that their, their presence is normalised and their contribution is accepted. And they're not, it's not someone who's got Down syndrome, it's just another coach at the club. So I think that that sense of community and resilience within that community is 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 fostered through, uh, yeah, sense of belonging and and then and then an opportunity to make a contribution. So that's that's the community covered. Um, in terms of in terms of respect, I think it's quite um, inherent in sport. You know, you play table tennis in a respectful manner. I'm not sure any other sports where if you hit a net or an edge, then you um, you know, the etiquette is that you say sorry, right. <laughs> apologise to your partner. But I just think, you know, the, the discipline and, and structure and focus of, of, of coming to a table tennis club or a sports club, um, you know, you, you, you learn you learn values of respect. You learn to respect yourself and you respect other people in the club. And uh, so that's quite a, a, an important one. Uh, the, the solidarity, I think, comes from... Uh, all of the different groups that come here. Yeah. Tim? Tim? Tim, are you still there? I can't hear you. Tim, are you still there? Tim? Tim, can you hear me? I think we might have to call off. I might have to call you back. 